This is the Individual Matters podcast and video series. I'm Andrew Caton, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Dr. Katrina Caton, clinical psychologist. Hello, everyone. Today, we're talking about a different way to view and address your child's anger. Specifically, you're going to be explaining a concept known as the anger iceberg. So what is that? So the anger iceberg is a, I guess you could think of it as kind of an analogy or it sort of symbolizes the way that anger works and um, helps us just look at it a little bit differently. I think originally it may have been developed by the Gottman Institute. Um, For me, it was something that I learned years ago in my training for cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a very commonly used strategy in the therapy room. Okay, and we're talking about anger in this case, so it's been used for, for marriage and family therapy, for probably all kinds of different things. Today, we're talking about anger in children, and we're really having this conversation for educators and parents. When they witness anger in their child, you know, how does this work? Yeah, so I think it could work for both the child, the teen, and the parent, um, because I think Parenting is hard, and kids get mad, parents get mad, and when we get mad, we just move out of solution mode, and it really becomes about the conflict between you and the child. And so I think looking at anger both from for the parent and for the student or the child or the teen. Can you solve a problem realistically? Can you solve a problem when you're angry? Not typically. Okay. So... The idea is that if you want to solve a problem, you've got to get to the heart of the problem before the solutions become clear. And you also have to be grounded and calm yourself before you can really see what the options are and start that conversation. Okay. So the anger iceberg, I think as a model or as a way of thinking, a concept of thinking about this makes sense. It's pretty, pretty common sense. So you have, describe how that works. What's on top of the surface? What's underneath? And how okay. is it? Yeah. So um, imagine an iceberg and a beautiful blue body of water. And you can see that the top third or so of the iceberg peaks out of the water and you can see that. And then you know that underneath the water is much more of the iceberg itself, maybe two thirds or even more. So that that part that's peeking out of the water is the anger. It's what we can see. It's the more identifiable behaviors, the yelling, the fighting, the kinds of things that we are talking about um, trying to solve. And so that's on top of the water. It's called a secondary emotion, meaning it comes after another emotion. And what's under the water is fear. And that's the true emotion from which that anger is coming from. So there's more to anger, what you're saying, there's more to anger than just being upset or being mad. We often hear parents describe children as quick to anger or typically angry. Um, We can think of individuals in our own lives who are angry. And what you're saying is anger is not the primary problem. It's an indication of something else that's festering or that's floating beneath the surface that's far bigger And anger is just the part that we can, that's just what we see. Yeah, and I would say also, um, that's exactly right. And anger is kind of protective. So when we're angry, you know, we're, we're powerful, we're strong, we can put someone else on the defensive, we're no longer on the defensive. Um, You can think about, I like the example of um, a bunny rabbit is um, in a field, and it needs, it's eating some grass, and along comes a fox. 
And then the bunny rabbit gets scared, right? So it engages in fear behavior. It's not going to get angry and go after that fox because that's not going to work. But if you see two, say, two dogs come up to each other in that same field, you're going to see them um, up on force, snarling, looking bigger, because they're going to try to scare or be the more powerful one in that exchange. Okay, so anybody who's listening to this, probably thinking of some different times working with their child when anger has come out of a discussion, or maybe there's a certain time of the day. What do you say to that parent or that teacher right now? How do they how do they think about this? So what I'd like you to do is think about when the child is angry, um, what kind of fear might be underneath the surface? And it's really actually not even a might be, but what is the fear that's driving this anger? And then the second piece is if you feel yourself getting angry is to stop and think about, whoa, what kind of fear of mine is driving my anger now? Because now we have two angry people and there isn't going to be a solution this isn't going to be a growth opportunity anymore. And so it's both. Why is the child fearful? Why am I fearful? How do I know we're fearful? Well, because we're angry. So we know there's something going on there. So right away, if you can be aware of it, and you're dealing actually with anybody who's angry, or if you feel yourself becoming angry, if you can get to the point where you, you ask the question, what is the fear? What's going on beneath? What's the part of the iceberg that I can't see? If you can address that, that's really because that's really what you are addressing. You're not really addressing the anger because you can't really, you're at a level, an energetic level, I guess, where you, you can't really make any progress with that anyway. Right. So you've probably heard of fight, flight, or freeze. So anytime um, we have a fear response to something, we either fight, we flight, or we freeze. So if you go back to the little bunny in the field and that fox comes up, it can freeze and hope that it doesn't see it or most often it'll flight, so it'll take off. And um, that's really what we're talking about is once we trigger fight, flight, or freeze, and then we move into fight, which is anger, then um, we're no longer thinking. Our thinking brain has gone offline, and now we're in survival mode. It's sort of an obvious concept in a way, but if you can cue yourself to think about this in any situation, I say you, me, whoever, if we can think about this as it comes up and start digging to the true cause underneath the anger, we actually have a chance at making some progress. Right. So let me just leave you with an example, and then um, you can work on the next week, kind of every time someone's angry or mad or frustrated, maybe work it through the anger iceberg model. The example is a preteen that, um, so he uh, lost his belt. And he calls out to mom, hey, mom, where's my belt? And she says, it's in your closet. And then he starts getting mad. It's not in there. I looked. Where did you put it? Why do you put my stuff? I can't find it. And then she gets mad. And it's, I didn't do anything with your belt. I always put it back. You can't find anything. And so you can imagine this exchange goes back and forth. And now it's not about the belt. It's about anger. It's about all the other things that have been angry discussions in the past. And so what we did is we really broke it down in counseling to say, okay, okay, what's going on here? And what we realized was that this particular boy tends to lose things, is maybe a little bit disorganized or maybe a lot disorganized. And so this exchange of losing something 
causes two fears for him is, I don't know where it is, and I might not ever be able to find it, which was his first response. And then when we dug deeper, well, why does that matter? Because I'm going to get in trouble when I lose something again. I wasted money. I don't care about my things. A whole lot of criticism of that comes on because of losing things. And so as soon as he loses something, all of that gets triggered. And he has three choices now because his fear has been triggered. He can fight, he can flight, or he can freeze. And in this particular example, he uh, ended up having a fight with his mother. So he kind of went on the attack, right? Where did you put my belt? You lost my belt. So you can think about those two dogs I was talking about earlier as you really go on the defensive. That way you're putting the other one in the um, position of being attacked as opposed to feeling attacked. Okay, that's a good example. So what's so when mom then becomes angry, just to take this over to her side of things, what is she what is she feeling? What what's underneath her anger iceberg? So there were two parts. One is um, the, so as preteen moving into teen, you know, it's, I need to give more responsibility. I need to back off. I intuitively know my son needs a little more support in this area. I've started setting limits. He's getting more angry, which we can talk about in the next one about extinction burst. But the exchange there for her, I think was really about, am I being a good mom? I'm a bad mom. I'm not helping my son, or maybe I'm coddling or uh, enabling my son. But I think ultimately the fear was, I'm not a good mom. I've triggered my son. I'm ruining our relationship, and he's never going to be independent. So I think it was sort of a, a, a combination of things, all based out of fear um, that was driving the conflict and the yelling Um, But once they were able to get vulnerable and really dig a little deeper about what was really going on, then we got to some solutions. But we weren't going to get there when the emotions were running high with frustration and anger. Bet a lot of good parents, caring parents who have these angry outbursts can relate. You had mentioned that her fear is that she's not doing what she's supposed to, that she's not being a good parent. And that's that's a real fear. And then... You know, your kid's angry, and then you rise to anger as well. That makes sense. But it's hard to get there because you're not going to see the anger as being, oh, I think I'm a bad mom. You're probably going to see the anger as, I am so tired of this child losing this belt and needing it, and we're supposed to be at school in 15 minutes, and I've got to be at work, and you're making me late. So it's really difficult to go there, I think, for ourselves. And um, so it may be easier to start by kind of running your kid's fear through the fear iceberg, anger iceberg first, but being mindful that you also have some work to do. So it's sort of a a team effort. Okay. So you recognize that anger is a symptom of something else, and then hopefully someone can become aware in the moment of anger in somebody else or in themselves and understand that there's an underlying fear, whatever the issue. Do you have any tips for what to do when you, you have that, you, you feel the anger rising, you hear the, hear the anger in someone else and you think, okay, I know what's going on here. Is this, should this be another podcast or? Well, I have two tips. The first thing you can do is when someone's getting angry, whether it's your child or your spouse or anybody, is if you can just picture them as a young, vulnerable child, I think that really helps 
because then you see this um, individual as needing help as opposed to being on the attack. So I think that can kind of help if you just picture them as a little bit younger and um, in need of something, because they are, they're in need of something. Um, and then the second thing I would say is in these exchanges, when in doubt, stop talking. Not ignoring, just stop talking. I think um, us as adults, our biggest mistake is to talk too much, particularly in those moments. So um, when in doubt, stay present and stop talking until you're in a place of saying something useful. Okay. And for dads too, it sounds like just stopping talking might be one of the best things you can do. You're not losing an argument. You're not being a bad dad. You're not, not setting a good example. You're not, not being firm enough. You're just not allowing yourself to become more angry or say something you might regret. You're just stopping, stopping the. And not walking off, just pause, pause the talking for long enough to get mindful and kind of calm yourself down. And I think for people who are quick to anger, so if you are um, a parent who tends to get angry quickly, then my guess would be that that's a strategy that you've learned a long time ago to bypass the fear very quickly so that you can just go straight to anger. That's good stuff. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, I think that, um, I think sometimes you can just work through it at a later date. Um, but as you start to look at anger through the lens of fear, it really is going to change the way you see the behaviors. That's it from us today. As always, you can find more information as well as resources on our website, individualmatters.org. We hope you'll join us at the next podcast where we continue to learn more about learning and share ways to help your student and yourself live a more positive and fulfilling life.